Hello and welcome to episode 29 of My Freelance Life, a podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I am Preston and with me on the air, as always, is my friend Andy. Hey, Andy, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you very much. If you've listened to the show before, folks, you know that Andy quit his job a, quite a while ago, actually, to start working for himself. And this show is a regular check-in between me and Andy to see what really happens when you decide to start freelancing full-time, become your own boss, and work for yourself. And you'll find show notes for this episode and all of our previous episodes at FreelanceLifePodcast.com. Uh, I'm excited to jump into our conversation today, Andy. It is uh, the end of the year. It's December, which always sort of, uh, we talked about this off the air, sort of causes this, uh, I think it's good, but it, it forces you to sort of uh, start thinking about next year, examining, you know, your priorities and, and what work you'll be doing and how things have gone over the course of the previous year. I mean, speaking of which, like, th- like this show, we started in January of this year. And so we now have basically a full year of a documented journal of you freelancing, which is incredible. And it got us thinking, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's time to, uh, to wrap this thing up. I love how you put it. You, you know, the whole purpose of this show was to, um, document your transition from corporate world to freelancing full time. And, and over the course of a year, we've kind of done that. I, that's something I have, like, when I look at myself, I realize whether I actually feel like it or not. I, at this point, I am an established freelancer if I've been doing it for over a year now. And and it feels like everything's new to me, but that might just be the nature of of freelancing that it's always going to be feeling new and always feeling like I can change something or do something. It's, it's always a learning stage, but a year's time passed that I feel like, yeah, that trend has very thoroughly and officially happened. And, and really you're more like a year and a half or more into it. We've just documented the, the, the previous year or so, or, or, you know, we've skipped a few weeks here or there. So really, you know, this journey has been something more like 18 months for you. And it's, it's so cool to see, you know, where you've gone with this whole thing from, from the first episode till now. It got us talking off the air. You know, is this a natural point to sort of either wrap up the entire show or at least wrap up this version of the show where we're following your journey as a brand new freelancer? Because you're right, you, you're not a new freelancer. And the show intro gets a little bit weird every time I say Andy recently quit his job and I'm like actually (laughs) almost two years ago Andy quit his job you know so it starts to be a little bit weird I don't know share with me some of your thoughts on on the idea of this being kind of the the completion of that initial you know mission that we started out with on this show yeah I think it is it is like we've um we've accomplished what we set out to do to document that process and talk about the change and the transition from a regular full-time job into freelancing. And like I said earlier, I, I still totally feel like there's a lot of things changing and I'm, I would even say I'm not even where I want to be entirely with Mm, my freelancing. There's a lot of things I still want to improve and to truly make this like long-term sustainable. Some people may say like a year is already sustainable, but I feel like I'm still trying to make it work month to month and consistently and, and whatnot. Um, but it, but 
I do feel like we have wrapped up, if nothing else, the stage. It's like we've we just completed the freshman year of my my freelance <laughs> life. Yeah, and I love now, that. Now there there are certainly other stages to go through, but this one is is complete, and it's and it's nice to see it like all packaged up. And it's we've we've done that together. We've done that by talking about all the things we've we've gone through along the way, and and it's been great having people out there who are listening and 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 commenting into us saying that uh, certain things are useful to them because they're going through similar stages right now. And so thank you to everyone who's been listening along the way as well. Yeah, 100%. And in, I mean, in case you can't, in case, I mean, we're not being very subtle at all, Andy and I are uh, considering just wrapping up the show entirely and letting this letting this show live as this cool, you know, year long audio journal, basically of, of Andy's freshman. I love, I love how you said that Andy's freshman year <laughs> of my freelance life. Um, however, uh, we do, we, we would love to hear from you. You can reach us on Twitter, Andy Conlon or uh, at Milo team, or you can email us at shows at M I L L O dot C O. we would be open to continuing the show, maybe in a different format. You know, there are lots of options. Andy could potentially talk to someone else who recently quit and is now taking that same journey. Or we could focus on, you know, questions from up and coming freelancers who are taking the same journey path that Andy's on. And maybe Andy has some insight because he's, you know, six, six or 12 months ahead. There are lots of options potentially. And We'd love to hear from you if that's something that you want to continue to do. But we just feel like this is a natural sort of break point to at least wrap up the freshman year. I, I keep coming back to that. I just, I love that <laughs> idea of that. Anything you want to add, Andy, on that thought? I just want to, to reemphasize it that, that, yeah, this, this is a, a nice break, but we have some ideas of where it could go from here. We might just, just leave it as is, but if you have input, um, you, the listener, if you have input, if there's things that you were always wanting to hear about that we never got to, uh, or if you like the idea of bringing on a new freelancer and, and just showing the, the journey again from another person's point of view, because if they're in a different industry or if they're coming from a different background, there will be totally different lessons to learn. And if you'd like to, to see this, um, this journey happen for someone else and follow along with that, let us know. Or if you just want it to become a Q and a session where, where myself and or other hosts who are freelancers can talk together and answer people's questions about freelancing and, and how to make it work and, and, and whether it's worth it and all these things. I mean, we can do that. Basically we're, we're just, um, being open to hearing any, anybody's suggestions, but we're also totally okay to, to let this be and enjoy it for what it's been and have it be a nice documented journey of someone's transition to being a freelancer. And hopefully that will even be useful to people in the future who maybe haven't even come across the show yet. Perfect. I think, uh, I think it's fair to say if we don't hear back from people, we are leaning toward just wrapping it up and being happy with a great documented journey of, of a year of being a freelancer, a new freelancer, so if you feel strongly about a different idea than just wrapping up the show and calling it, calling it good at this point, then please reach out to us. Uh, again, you can reach us on Twitter at Andy Conlon or at Milo Team, or you can email us at shows at Milo.co. 
and yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for, for your feedback. Thanks in advance. And thanks for listening and sticking with us over the course of the year. It's been, it's been a complete blast. Now, we're not wrapping up this episode necessarily yet. What we're going to do on this episode is, um, is have our usual weekly check-in. Andy's going to run us through you know, what happened over the course of the week in his freelance business. And then at the end of the episode, be sure to listen all the way through to the end because Andy's going to share with us some of his top takeaways from freshman year, like some of uh, the best, most actionable, <laughs> funnest parts of uh, freelancing, you know, was it what he expected? Was it not what he expected? All the, all the best stuff that we've covered maybe over the course of the year and maybe some stuff we haven't talked about either. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But first let's, um, let's check in Andy just on this week. How has this week gone? I know there are a few things on your mind. I apologize for laughing in the middle of that. Um, <laughs> that's, that was all port stuff. And it was like this like final idea of this whole thing. And I just started chuckling when you said, you know, something about sharing updates from my freshman year and my <laughs> back, however many, 15 years ago or whatever it was. And, and I thought, wow, am I really going to have to share this? <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, there are, there's some things that I've wanted to talk about. And so I'm glad we have this, this last episode to do that. Um, because it is like, like we said, at the end of the year, it's wrapping up into December, the holiday season. And I thought of something recently um, that I remember seeing when I worked for uh, other companies. And that is how sometimes companies will send to their clients some sort of gift at the end of the year, like, mm. like a holiday gift or just yeah. like an end of the year, thanks for doing business with us gift. And I've been starting to think, Ooh, is that something I should do? And not just should do, but is that something I want to do? And it kind of is. But I'm struggling right now because I don't have a ton of like expendable income to put towards this. But I looked at some of the clients that I've worked with and looked at like some of my top clients and how much they've spent. And not even just by spendings, but just ones that I've really enjoyed working with. And we've, it, but at the end of the day, we've spent a lot of time together talking through things and, and discussing things. And so I'm kind of, I, I wanted to talk about that idea of, do freelancers send gifts to their clients just like a company might send gifts to their customers? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I, so we've asked this question a few times at Milo. Um, um, uh -huh. and, and it turns out a lot of freelancers do this, particularly for your biggest clients, like you said, the ones who you know, financially have supported you, but also just have supported your, your business and your endeavor as a whole. Um, we do have an article you can search on Milla. We'll put it in the show notes, but on Milla, we have an article called how to thank your best clients this year without going broke. And so it's, it's like oh, sort perfect. of um, thoughtful, but inexpensive gifts that you can give to clients. We have another one as well that has like sort of a little bit more up, upscale uh, gifts as well. So I'll put links to both of those articles in the show notes. Um, but you know, here's, here's maybe just a couple ideas, um, from the, the, you know, maybe more meaningful, less expensive list. Holiday cards, obviously, um, are an easy way to just say thank you. Particularly, there's a lot of designers listening, like designing something custom. I know, Ooh, yeah. um, we used to get like a, a, a package of just cool, like swag from companies that we worked with, uh, when I was at my corporate job. Um, like we'd get like a hoodie with their logo on it and some stickers and, a, and it seems kind of self-serving, but like it was really cool for us to say like, yeah, we work with this cool company. Um, yeah. 
You know what? I just had an idea. This is going to be cheesy as can be, but that kind of fits <laughs> me, I suppose. You said there's a lot of designers out there listening, and uh, they, so maybe they designed something custom, and I was like, that'd be cool if I designed something. It would be like a stick figure. And then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> but I do build things, and I thought, okay, here comes the cheese. What if I used the, the skills that I use in the industry I'm in to make something to send to people? Like, I know this is going to be hard to imagine, but a really cool, yes, that's the hard part to imagine, a really cool <laughs> custom spreadsheet and like send a holiday card oh, or no. a thank you card in the form of a Google sheet. So when they open it up and they click a button, like the the cells randomly change colors so it looks like sparkling <laughs> lights. And then and then it like scrolls across the cells and you're like watching this magic happen in front of you. You're like, words come by through a spreadsheet which is usually such a static and boring thing i'll be waiting for mine in my email i'll totally be waiting for mine i actually love that from a branding point of view right like that'll get people talking that'll get people remembering you so that next year when they have uh you know they need a spreadsheet expert they think of you so that's maybe another thing to keep in mind when you're giving a gift like um, yeah. it doesn't have to be self-serving necessarily, but it can be like brand upholding or, or, you know, helping, helping your business for next year. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's lots of things you can do. I've done with partners that we have at Milo, we've done swag, we've done, uh, like a notebook. Like I love these notebooks called Baron Fig, uh, boy, I don't remember the name of it. The company's called Baron Fig and they make amazing notebooks. And so I've shipped just like a whole box of notebooks to companies we've worked with before. I think there's lots you can do um, this time of year. I like to do it at the new year, uh, particularly for like, because people celebrate different holidays, all different, all different holidays all around the world. And so I like to do, everyone tends to celebrate the new year, you know? Yeah. It's kind of fun to say like, happy new year. Thanks for all your support last year. Here's a, a small gift and here's to a, great 2019 or whatever so yeah i i like that i'm i mean that was i wasn't even entirely on the fence like i was pretty sure i wanted to do something but now i feel even more sure of it and i'm really <laughs> i'm really digging this custom spreadsheet idea well we have to show that off when you do it so we'll be sure to find a link somehow for people to see it or maybe some screenshots or something um yeah i have a feeling it's gonna be epic so <laughs> Oh yes, this I mean this could be great. And I think that that could be just as as enjoyable as like a cheese wheel or something. Totally. And, totally. I mean a cheese log, not a cheese wheel. A cheese wheel <laughs> would be more enjoyable. A cheese log, maybe not. No, but it, but, but to your point, like people are getting so many treats and food and baskets and like it, it it'd be cool to do something a little bit different for sure. Yeah. And I, I actually do enjoy a good cheese log. And so, and so I not downplaying that, but I love how you're like I, worried about offending the cheese log lovers out there. It's like no, 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 no. Loves cheese logs. No, that was just to preface like what I, what I was actually, what, what I actually meant to say was not like, oh, this is just as cool as a cheese log. What I meant to say was like, this is, it could be just as uh, nice of a, of a gift and a, a fun and memorable gift, but without the cost that I would have to like actually send a physical. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, there is the cost of my time, but if it's something that can be either duplicated or, or easily modified to send to different clients, then I could, 
then the time I spend yeah. on it is certainly a cost cost that I a time I could have spent on other things. But if I do that, that instead of sending people Amazon gift cards or cheese logs or cheese wills, then um, yeah, I think I think it would still make for a for a meaningful thank you. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, good. I can't wait to see it. What else is what else is on your mind this week? What's been happening and how are things going? Well, we talked about in our last episode the idea of um, taking time off at the end of the year. Right. You, yeah. You mentioned one person who I think this was an anecdote from a book you're reading that somebody who works at the beginning of the year to the point where they've earned enough whatever that that threshold is and then they just take the rest of the year off and then we talked about somebody or just maybe it wasn't a person but just the idea of taking december off or a large portion of december off and so i've been thinking about that lately and my my old tracking spreadsheet that i use to keep track of my earnings day to day and and my progression towards goals it's it's had a lot of improvements in the last month or two. And one thing that I recently added was the ability for me to, for, for the month that we're in, so in December right now, I can write down a list of all the days I'm going to take off, not including weekends because the formulas naturally calculate those out. But, um, but say I, I went from Christmas Eve, the 24th of December to the 31st, New Year's Eve. And I wrote all those down and then my tracking spreadsheet will now assume that I'm not going to work those days and it already assumes I'm not working on weekends and it knows what I want to hit for the month and it tells me if you're going to take all these days off, you've already earned this much in December. This is where you want to be. This is what you have to earn on every work day for the rest of this month. Yeah. And this, it was, it was really nice to write that in a whole week off, actually a week and a day of work days, weekdays. I wrote that in off, had a decent goal for the month and the daily looked pretty reasonable. I was like, I, I mean, in theory, I should be able to be, to be doing this, to be hitting this. And that, so that, I mean, that's a whole idea that we could talk about on its own, but that kind of just, it struck within me that uh, I think there's a, it should be I'm trying to think how to say this that I was just struck with like the earnings potential of this that I've kind of been I mean there have definitely been times when I've been struggling through this journey to to make enough or to find work life balance or to just kind of get in the groove of freelancing, but I've just been struck with like the potential of it that mm, yeah um, without like it's fairly easy. I mean, that's a very loaded word perhaps, but it's fairly easy to make a lot. Like when I look at where I'm at, and this may not be the case with all freelancers. A lot of people maybe are like, like working really hard all day just to barely make enough. But for the situation I'm in, like I've been taking it pretty easy this last year and a half. And I've really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed having that flexibility, but and and there certainly have been times when I've not been taking it easy and working all day long. But like all in all, as I look at the last year and a half, it's been much easier work-wise than a typical year at a job. And 
So I've been struck with like the earnings potential. I like the idea of keeping this sort of flexibility, but if I were to just either during certain times or just really push things up or all the time push things up a, a little bit that, I don't know, just the potential, it right. just, I don't know, it was, yeah. it was a, an insight. Yeah, no, I really like that. I, it, or, or like, what if you adjusted, I, you know, every month and, <laughs> and you tried to... I, I, You there? I I think I lost you. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, let me try again. Hold on, I have to write this down. Oh, it doesn't give me timestamps. Great. What if you... um? Or what if you even like from now on tried to hit your, like in 2019, you tried to hit your monthly goal of 2018 in the first three weeks of every month, right? And then it offers you this opportunity to either like take the last week off or travel more or, uh, or just whatever you make in that fourth week is gravy. It's just extra income that you did, don't really need, but it's nice to have. Uh, yeah, I, I love how that one little change has sort of shifted your entire paradigm on how, on what the potential is in terms of, and of course, like you said, it's not all about the money. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about like, oh, you can make as much in two weeks as you normally do in four weeks. Okay. So either you can make twice as much money or you can make the same amount of money and, and surf for two weeks every yes. month, you know, like it, it, what it gives you is the flexibility to, to choose how you spend the rest of your time because you're not spending every waking minute trying to make money. Yeah. And the, the actual, the actual mo moment that like first struck this with me uh, was, was separate. It was, it was another thing to this um, writing down the, the days I would take off and seeing how easy it should be to still get my goal. That was, part of it but the first thing that struck is that it was the first of December and I had put in my earnings and because my sheet kind of like refreshes calculations with each new month I'd had a really good day to start out and it projected like hey if you do this every day this is what you're gonna earn and it just like floored me I was like <laughs> wow yeah what if I did that every day and that might not be a like a a reasonable goal because there's a lot of other like administrative things that happen on certain days and, and not every day is going to be like that for me. It hasn't, but I thought maybe it could be, maybe if I were to do things a little differently, maybe I could have, even if I had days that were like consistently half as good as this, I'd be doing significantly better than I am now. Yeah. And Ah, it's just a, it's a fun realization. And it's one of the things I love about freelancing that we've talked about before is that you kind of have, you have the control in your own, it, it's in your own power, whether yes. you want to change that yes. and to, and, I mean, you can't always force a boss to give you a raise, but you can raise your rates. You can suffer the consequences, good or bad. You can choose to work more and suffer the consequences, good yep. or bad. Yep. But the option is there at least like, if you're at a salaried job and you work more, you make the same amount of money. Uh, and you might eventually get a holiday bonus or, you know, a raise eventually or something. But 
but yeah, you're, you're kind of stuck in, in what you, in what your boss is willing to do. I also love how you're looking at it from, so I think a lot of freelancers just say like, okay, next year I'm going to make $10,000 a month. And, and that's just their goal. And in reality, like what's smarter to say is, you know, what can I reasonably, okay, maybe fine. Having a goal of making $10,000 a month is fine. That's a perfectly satisfactory goal, but you have to take it one step further and say, where is that money actually going to come from? Right. Uh, you know, yeah. I have these two clients who pay me on a stipend. I have this client who comes back once a quarter. I have, you know, uh, this many inquiries in Upwork every week that I can potentially turn into a new client worth X. So here's where, here's, so $1,000 comes from here and $2,000 comes from here and $500 times four clients comes from here. And here's how I'm actually going to reach that goal of $10,000 because it, it can be really frustrating too to like, to say like, oh, the earning potential is so high and then not have a roadmap to get there. And then you realize, oh, maybe it's not that high and maybe I should give this up and maybe I need to go get a job. And like it can sort of spiral out of control pretty quickly if there's not some planning. So I love that you're breaking it down and saying, what do I have to make every day? And is it doable to make this on a daily basis? Yeah, totally. If you if you make a lot on your best day and assume that that's gonna be every day, for me, that doesn't work because it has to average out right. days yeah. where where I take a break even because the day before was really intense or maybe I haven't heard back from the client so I can't get started on the next project. And so you do have to average it out and be aware, but, but you can certainly plan, plan for those sorts of things. I think the more you get into it, the more you see the way it has happened for you in the past, you can plan for that. Right. Yeah. I love that, man. What, what else is on your mind? I mean, anything else sort of in our regular check-in here that, that you want to chat about, update us on? I think that that's it. It's been a lot of thoughts about kind of like this. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, um, thinking about the ending of the year and closing things out and thanking clients and and taking time off. And I don't know, they, they, they kind of seem a little bit scattered, but they feel kind of under the same umbrella yeah. for me, yeah. at least right now in my mindset. Yeah, I think you're a lot like me. I in December I do reflect back on the year, but I I jump the gun a little bit on like thinking about the next year too. Um, so I think it's a I like December. It's a good mix of thinking about the past year, looking forward to the new year. Because if you don't start thinking about the new year till January, you're already you know a few weeks into it before you can start taking action. Yeah, on it. yeah, that's a good point. I that totally happens, but I don't think I've ever like been conscious of it, aware. Of, yeah, 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 of that. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm, it's a good time listeners, you know, for you to, to really think through how the year's gone and what you're going to do next year differently or better, or just so that you have a, a happier life built around your business. I mean, there's lots of things to be done for next year, not just talking about money, but um, maybe, you know, the caliber of clients you work with or the kinds of clients that you enjoy working with. Maybe you need to get some more of those. Maybe if you're listening to this and you haven't started freelancing yet, maybe you need to get your first client. Um, and just dip your toes in the freelancing waters, or maybe it's time to really explore what it would take to finally leave that job that you really hate and do the freelancing thing full time instead of just on the side, whatever it is. Now's a good time of year to think through it. And, um, and that's our wish for you, really. I mean, that's why we've done this show so that you can see what it's really like to, to freelance full time. That, that maybe segues nicely into what we want to do for the remainder of the episode, which is just give you some of Andy's top learnings, top tips, actionable stuff that he's learned 
as a real world freelancer, I mean, there's so many blogs and articles and videos out there about like, you know, what to do as a freelancer, but, but literally Andy's been doing it. He quit his job. He started freelancing and this is, this has just been very raw, unedited, like what it takes. I haven't even known most of the time what we're going to talk about each episode. It's just been very real as to what happens when you start freelancing. So we're going to do that. Before we jump into that, I do want to thank really quickly our sponsor for this episode, The Neat Company. When you're running your own business, like Andy's doing, there's a lot of, uh, there's a ton of, sorry, there are a lot of things to keep track of is what I'm trying to say. You got uh, business receipts, invoices, mileage, business cards. There's all of these things you have to keep track of. And that's just financially. Neat lets you eliminate all the extra paperwork and avoid hours of data entry. So you can use the Neat app or your email or a scanner. You can input all of your important documents and quickly and easily access them later. Neat will verify all the information. They'll organize it, make sure it's accurate, and make it very searchable. So if, if, for example, if all you can remember is, is the first name of some client you met two years ago, um, Neat can help you find their invoice really quickly or their business card or whatever you're looking for, maybe to drum up more business for the new year. From there, you can create financial reports that you can use yourself or you can send them to your accountant. There are lots of options with Neat. Listeners of this show can try Neat completely free for 30 days by visiting neat.com slash MFL for My Freelance Life. That's N-E-A-T dot com slash MFL. F L again, that's 30 days completely free. So, you know, try it out, see if it helps you get organized. Uh, and if it does, you can stick with it again. Thanks to neat for sponsoring this episode and, uh, my freelance life. We really, we really appreciate the support. Let's dive in Andy. Uh, let's talk about some of the biggest things you've learned or most important or, uh, most meaningful things that you've learned over the last 18 months or so of, of being a full-time freelancer of working for yourself. Where do you want to start? Well, this is, this is a tough question. I think I've probably learned a lot more than I'm aware of on the surface. And it, I, probably the best thing to do would be interesting to go back to like some of our first episodes and listen to that. And it would just probably strike me how far I've come. Um, some of the, the things that I've learned along the way, though, first of all, is it was or it is, it is totally worth it for me. Uh, your mileage may vary, but for me, looking back at the last year, year and a half, this, uh, the lifestyle that I've been able to have because of freelance, which that, that sounds like, oh, I have this, there's something about the word lifestyle that carries a weird connotation <laughs> right. with it sometimes. Right, like you're like, flying in private jets and, and sitting on the yeah. beach all day or something. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like lifestyle, the, record, the word <laughs> seems to be like, I don't know. But like just the just generic definition of lifestyle, like the flow of my day and how I go about things and how I'm able to make certain decisions. Now, these things have been improved because of becoming a freelancer. So to me, it's been totally worth it. The time, the flexibility, the ability to have more control over my day, my schedule, and the things I work on. I am totally a fan, just, just as much, if not more so, more definitely more so than I was before getting started. And if it's something that you, the listener, have wanted to do, by all means, like give it a try. And like Preston said earlier, just maybe in 2019, 
Um, or as you start off the year, look to get just your first client. Don't just get one client for the whole year. That might be, maybe you need a bigger goal than that. But, um, but just try getting a, a client. And from there, you'll, you'll see it build. And then if it makes sense to you, and if you want to, you can try doing it full time like I've done. And for me, it's been totally worth it. And it's weird to think that I maybe will never have to make a, a fill out a job application or send in a resume ever again. And for some people, that thought alone might make them just like thrilled beyond beyond <laughs> that's words. Like, that's but like me, yeah. The thought the, of never having to do another job interview again is enough motivation to, to make this work. You know, I actually liked interviewing for jobs. I might be weird, but uh, it's nice though. I mean, I, I enjoyed doing it, but it's nice to not have to worry about it. And who knows? Things might change. Maybe I'll either proactively choose to go get a job or things might happen in my industry or in the economy in general or in my life that will necessitate me getting a job. But it is an odd thought to think that you never have to, to do that again. And who knows? I might be freelancing for the rest of my working life. I have no idea where it's going to go. But I, I love where I'm at and I, I'm totally choosing to keep going on this journey. So that's lesson number one for me has been, and it's totally worth it. Yeah. I love that, man. Uh, and I, I would agree with you. And, and most people I talk to say it's even better than I expected. Like I expected it to be nice to have this freedom and flexibility. I didn't know it would be so incredibly freeing to sort of build my business and life on my own terms. Um, so I love that. It feels like we've also talked a lot about rates, maybe. Like what, what, what are some of the top learnings you've had about what to charge or when to charge or how to charge or anything like that? Yeah, I, I mean, even though I've been in it for a year and a half now, I hesitate to make myself an expert in any way on, on rates. But for just what I've experienced, and this is probably going to sound familiar because a lot of people say this, is to not be afraid to raise your rates. I think there's a time and a place to, to maybe keep your rates low and build up a rapport or a profile or a portfolio. But I mean, I think you could even argue against that and say that, um, that why not just put it up really high, start really high, and then only bring it down if you need to. Because while I was working at um, a really low rate, like a quarter of what I do now, for the sake of building up my profile, I just kind of picked that arbitrarily. Maybe I should have set it much higher. Maybe I could have built up my profile at that rate. I don't know because I never tried. So I think maybe maybe you should even start with it high and and then only lower it if you need to get more work. But but the main the main takeaway here is don't be afraid, especially once you've once you've been somewhat established to to ask for more um, to to set your hourly rate up or to to fix your the value of the projects you do higher and you may find that you won't get certain clients but if you like if you hold to it and you're strong with it then the clients that do come around are likely i would say are likely going to be quality clients if they're willing to pay that and they recognize the value then those are the kind of clients you want anyway and i think there can be a lot of imposter syndrome or um just 
sort of not feeling like you're actually worth what you're charging or what you wish you could be charging. Yeah, for sure. But it's, it's comforting to hear that, you know, that, that, um, that you can a charge more and b like clients still come and, and not only that, but it almost acts as a filter, right? Now you're working with clients who you actually enjoy working with and working on projects that you actually enjoy too. Yeah. There, there is some added stress. Like there is this to be said, there's some added stress when you're charging more mm. because you, you know that a premium service. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe, maybe life would be easier in some ways if I charged half what I do now. And I don't know, it's not like I'd be giving them doing like poor work, but I wouldn't have to be like polishing everything exactly. So, and, and not polishing, I I was thinking polishing, like as if I were a butler, not that I would actually (laughs) deliver something unpolished, I think, but anyway, there, there is something to be said for when you charge a higher rate, people are going to expect a higher quality of service, obviously. And there may be some stress that comes with that in delivering it. But, but whether or not, if you're charging twice what you used to, are you experiencing twice the stress? For me, that's not been the case. And so it's not been a, like a, what's whatever the opposite of a diminishing return is yeah. not even the accurate, <laughs> the accurate phrase there. Anyway, it's, it's been, it's been worth it and worth the added um, time or, or, and in fact, the, the added time kind of all over the place here, but it's interesting. I've done some, some analysis of my earnings over the last year and I looked at how much I made per hourly rate. So I've done, I don't know, like 40 or so uh, contracts over the last year and I've documented which at what hourly rate each of these projects were. And then I added up all the hours I spent per, per bracket, per um, hourly rate bracket. And I've added up how much I've earned per hourly bracket. And there are some obvious, obvious things through this. Like if you're charging twice as much, you're spending half the amount of time to make up the same amount of earnings. But it was, it was enlightening to see that um, once I started charging higher amounts, that it's just enlightening to see like, wow, I'm, I'm contributing 40% of my income for the year from this particular bracket, yet this particular bracket has only represented 20% of the hours that I worked this year. And so the, the time is worth it. I feel like I'm getting really long-winded here, so I apologize. <laughs> no, I think this is great. The, the idea, I'll just wrap up this thought, is that because I think we're still talking about rates. <laughs> the, the idea is that don't, don't be afraid to change your rates. There will be um, difficulties that come with that a little bit, but certainly the juice is worth the squeeze. <laughs> the juice is worth the squeeze. That's to sum it all, to sum it all up. I love that. Ooh, yeah. That was, a, that was a long one. Sorry. No, most definitely. <laughs> like that's, it's one of the, it's one of the things we've talked about most during this journey of yours. It's one of the things we hear about most from the community at Milo is like, how do I find that sweet spot and how do I charge more and how do I know what to charge in the first place? So I think, I think this has been very enlightening. Um, this may be a, a bad decision, but can I add one appendix to this? <laughs> this already, yes. this this long statement that 
the juice is worth the squeeze. The, it's actually, now that I, like, as I'm thinking and all these thoughts are flying through my head, it's sometimes not even harder when you raise your rates. Mm. It's easier because, yeah. because whereas before, if I wanted to earn X amount of dollars, I would have to work on five projects or 10, we'll make math easy. I had to work on 10 projects with 10 different clients. Yeah. In theory, it feels yeah. like having 10 different bosses. And so if you think you're like getting rid of your boss by being a freelancer, that might not always be the case. But to do the same thing with double the rate, I now only have to work on five projects. I only have to communicate with five people yeah. and I'm spending half of the time. So it's not, harder. Not to mention like less, less marketing or less responding to inquiries yes, or all, exactly. of, all of that. The, the, a lot of the administrative tasks go down when you have fewer clients who are paying more. Yeah, to achieve the same um, earnings, you have to do, I mean, if your rate is double, you're doing half the work, more or less. I mean, yeah. it's not obvious yeah. exactly that, but. Well, half the hourly work, and then, and then you take into consideration all the non-hourly, non-billable work, I should say, like the, yeah. the, yeah, the, the marketing, those, the responding, all that. Those, those costs, it's like when you're printing t-shirts, those startup costs per project or per client, that makes a, makes a big difference, or at least it has for me, the back and forth, mm, the interviewing. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. So in some ways, you'll actually find things are easier when you raise your rate. In fact, in most things, it, it's easier when you raise your rates. Plus, you're making more besides. There you go. And I think it segues nicely into another one that you told me about off the air, which is um, like sort of organizing your business or administrative tasks in general. Ooh, yes. Like what are some of the lessons that you've learned about the non-billable work that you have to do when you work for yourself? Well, it's, it's something that I've realized in... And I think we talked about it an episode or two ago, but something that I've, that I've realized over the last year or so is that I feel I start to get worried or stressed or feel overwhelmed when I don't have a good idea. I couldn't easily, I don't know, I, I don't feel like I have a good handle on what needs to be done in all the different projects. So mm. the, the lesson here is to find a, find a system that works for you in, in terms of like keeping track of what you need to do and stay organized. Because a lot of times when I start feeling that way and I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I know I have to work on this project, this project, this. And I start to get overwhelmed. Once I go back to my system and like make it up to date um, and I know like, I can see, oh, this needs to be done by this time. This needs to be done by this due date. And I visualize it and it's like tracked and I know I can go in there and see at any given time what the status is. All of a sudden, like I feel a lot of the work stress goes away. And it's happened a couple times where like, sometimes it's like a, a legitimate worry if there's just a lot of projects con convening at once, converging at once. But um, that's, that's definitely been something that I've learned and will probably honestly have to learn again is that when <laughs> things start getting worrisome, I gotta, I gotta buckle down on the, on the tracking. So if you're new to this or if you've been a freelancer for a long time and you struggle with this, my, my suggestion from what I've experienced is have a good way of tracking things know where your projects are out, where they're at, what their status is and what needs to be next on them. And that will, will make you breathe easier. No, I mean, you don't have to worry about things all the time because it's already being documented. 
Well, and I think uh, this is good for anyone considering making the leap to full-time freelance too. Like it's, it can be really easy to think about the kind of work you'll be doing that you actually get, get paid for, the billable work. But we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Like there's also administrative work that has to get done. And for you, Andy, that can be fun because you enjoy spreadsheets for a lot of listeners. There are lots of people out there who don't enjoy this kind of stuff. They're more um, sort of, I don't want to say you're not creative, Andy, because you're a creative problem solver, but there's sort of more of these like artistic, like the thought of managing a spreadsheet or managing a Trello board or, or anything like that is really, sounds really boring to people. But the, the truth of it is like, that's part of working for yourself. And that's part of the price you pay to reap the benefits of working for yourself. Yes, you get to do tons of work that you love and that you enjoy. And then there's also administrative work that sometimes you have to do, even if you don't love it. Um, but there are ways, like you said, that you can clean that up and make it easier. Um, and it can, it can make you definitely feel a lot better, be less stressed and do better work when you are doing the work that you enjoy most. That's what I found for myself anyway, is if that stuff can sort of mentally be off my plate in a system somewhere, then I do better work on the stuff that I actually care about way more than the administrative stuff. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like you said, um, there may be people who don't get a kick out of setting up those sorts of systems. And so I would just say, you don't need anything overly complex. Like if you don't want to spend the time and in fact, maybe we shouldn't all spend as much time as we do like planning out these systems and should spend more time using them. But if you don't want to do that, just keep it simple. It doesn't have to be like a crazy system. Pick any of the task managers out there, whatever one like really connects with you and the way your mind works and just start using it. You don't have to build this grand system with all yeah. these tags and filters, whatever. Just, yes. just keep it tracked, simple, and that'll be sufficient, I would say. I love that. Yeah, spot on. Okay, what else are we adding to the list? What, what, uh, what other top takeaways are we including before we wrap this thing up? Well, I, there's one, maybe two more. And okay, that great. is, um, I, think, I think that at the beginning it was useful to have for me, this is, this is for me. Um, it was useful to have some flexibility and to take it easy, uh, in terms of like pushing myself and trying to earn a certain amount per month, because I kind of was testing the waters to see what was going to be possible. Because if I were to have jumped into it and been like, I'm going to make so much a month. And then before I actually know what, what the market, what my industry was going to allow, what was a reasonable, I, I also hesitate using reasonable because I like the idea of setting big goals too that seem unreasonable. Yeah. But, but you know, with that, with that caveat, I, I, I think it, it was nice to just take it easy and see what was going to work out. But now that I'm, I've got to a point where I feel really good about my hourly rate and I, I feel really good about my skills and my portfolio and ability to market myself and my ability to just be okay saying no when there's lower price projects. If I don't feel like I don't have to take everything that comes my way and I can, I, I can be comfortable and, and confident in that. Now that I'm to that point, I'm, I'm seeing the value of like really setting a goal and trying to work towards it. And it might be that other people like your, your mind works different and maybe right out the bat, you're going to be like, I'm going to make this much every month and I'm going to push myself every day to get to that point for me and i liked how it was um i'm not saying i i would i would be interested to see how it would have been had i done it differently but i like just 
testing the waters at first. And then one thing I'll say is maybe I've waited too long to do what I'm doing now. Um, maybe that, that transition could have happened earlier where I went from testing the waters to like, here's my goal. I need to make this much a month. I mean, I did that in my mind, but I wasn't, I didn't really, uh, implement it as well as I could have. So feel free to test the waters at first, but I, I would advise people to, you know, really pick a goal and work towards it. That might be silly to say. Some people may think, well, of course I'm going to do that because if I don't do that, I'm not going to make enough money for whatever and I'll have to stop being a freelancer and go back to get a job. <laughs> right. But nevertheless, that's my one of the I've, things I've learned. I've found I'm guilty of that too. Like it can be really easy to just keep doing what you've always been doing and, and whatever comes in is great. And like you, you, I mean, obviously there's a moment where it's like, you know, what's the minimum I have to get? But I've been guilty of like once I reach that point, not not pushing past it. And arguably, like you shouldn't push past it just for the sake of money. But there is, there is an argument to be made to say like, you know, could I improve my business? Uh, could I improve my lifestyle? Could I improve all of these things by being more efficient or setting better goals or really pushing toward goals? You just have to figure out what works for you because also like that's something I, I disliked about corporate life was like we it felt like sometimes like we set goals just for the sake of setting goals. And coming back to that book that you mentioned earlier and that I talked about last episode, it's, it's coming out in January. It's called Company of One. It's by Paul Jarvis. And um, I'm reading a, a pre-release copy of it and he talks a ton about that, about just growing for growing sake and why that can be unhealthy and not helpful and it, and it can cause some of the biggest problems in work. So yeah, I think there's definitely a fine balance, but I, I, I think I'd err on the side of what you're saying, which is uh, I waited too long probably and I continue to wait too long sometimes to like push myself. Part of the fun of working for myself is that I can push myself. I enjoy pushing myself and seeing what I'm actually capable of. And it's not as much about the money, but about like what, what can I do and what are my actual limits? And sometimes it can be easy to get complacent when things are just kind of chugging along. Yeah, totally. I, I, I'm glad you're here because a lot of times I feel like I ramble and then you just take that idea and put it very... <laughs> very Whatever. Neatly. No, I, <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, are there any other, uh, any other last learnings that we want to make sure people take away if this is our last yeah. episode which it may very well be again tell us if you want it to not be but if it you know if this is the last episode what parting wisdom are we leaving with people andy yeah there is one last thing and it's kind of surfaced through these other takeaways that we've we've mentioned so far and that is that i've learned or i i feel that freelancing is a incredibly personal thing like a very a personalized thing maybe is a better way to state it that uh, things are going to vary widely from person to person based on so many different factors where you live in the world what your cost of living is what yeah. your skill set is what your what you want your skill set to be what the industry is around surrounding that what the competition is surrounding that um, what your what your goals are, what you want your lifestyle to be, whether you want to drive to make it a business, whether you want to drive to just make a ton of money but do it solo, whether you want to make only enough and then you know write poetry in the woods after, which I'm reading Walden right now, so that's kind of nice. on my mind. Front of, and front of mind, yeah. <laughs> so there's so many things that are going to 
add variability to the mix. And this, at the end of the day, this um, show that we've done is really a snapshot of one person's journey. Um, well, several snapshots of one person's journey. And um, what you may experience may be totally different. And if you feel driven to do something differently, then that's that's totally fine and that's expected. And so I think that's that's my final takeaway or thought is that it's going to be different for every one of us and you kind of have to rely on your own rely on your own reasoning and your own ability to judge what you need and what you want and how to get there. And you can take ideas from people because you might find things that are similar between you. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, we, we have that ability within us to get kind of like all deep all of a sudden. We have that ability within us to think for ourselves, to make our decisions. Um, we don't have to rely on, on talking heads as it were as we are in a podcast, quite literally, we're talking heads or, or to rely on um, some freelancing guru or someone who has, you know, this sweet blog where they write about, you know, spreadsheets or whatever. We can take ideas from those people. You know what? I'm, I'm rambling. I think I will wrap it up with one of my favorite quotes from Bruce Lee, where he says, take what is useful, discard what is irrelevant and add what is uniquely your own Mm. i love that man i think it's a great way to wrap this all up it's uh, you're right our goal with this was to document a journey if it's helpful great i think it has been helpful from what we've heard from people but it's not gospel gospel truth it's not the only way to do it uh thousands and thousands of people every day start freelancing and they do it completely differently than how we've documented on this show But we hope that we've in some way been able to motivate you to inform your decisions as you take a a leap into the world of freelancing, whether you're doing it on the side or full time. Uh, Our hope for you is that whatever you want to be doing, you can get to that point. If you just want something on the side, do that. If you want something full time, work toward that. If you're already doing it full time and you want to have better clients or, or higher rates, you know, listen to some of the episodes that can help you get there as well. Our goal is just that you can build a life and a business that you actually care about and that you actually enjoy. And so hopefully this journey, whether this is actually the final episode or not, hopefully this journey, this freshman year journey, as Andy put it, um, has been helpful and motivating and insightful. I know I've personally enjoyed it. Um, So I appreciate all of your insights, Andy, along the way. Yeah. And thank you. I've totally enjoyed this as well. It's been like our, our, freelancer therapy sessions that we also (laughs) publish for other people to listen to that's right um and before we jump off the air just a reminder that all the show notes for all of our episodes are at freelancelifepodcast.com and uh this podcast is a production of millo uh you can learn more about us at millo.co you can listen to our other podcasts at millo.co slash podcasts and We've had tons of help from lots of people, Bilal on the Milo team, Danny, who edited a ton of our episodes, um, Joaquin Karud, who wrote the theme music, which is called Road Trip. We'll, uh, we'll maybe talk to you soon or maybe not, but either way, keep up the hard work and best of luck to you, everyone. <laughs>